beaten by a Benigno three of the four. I should have a shirt made. Okay, welcome to the Juiceless Podcast. This is a podcast that will focus on the Juiceless Fantasy Baseball League. And uh, just four owners out of the ten total getting together. So we have Jack, Greg, Joe, and myself, Tim. And we're going to be talking about and chronicling what happens with this league. This is a neat fantasy league. It's been around for about eight years. There's actually some deeper, hit, richer history uh, to this league. But um, hopefully you'll find some of this entertaining. I think that some of the subjects will go beyond just fantasy baseball. A little about Juiceless. The Juiceless League uh, is a dynasty league. So everybody that is on a team now is actually on that team from a dynasty perspective forever. There are no contracts. We do have minor leagues where we can farm talent. Um, this is a pretty libertarian league, too. We try to have as few rules as possible uh, and leave it up to the owners to make make the fun happen. Another thing is, is we don't have individual pitchers. We do pitching staffs. And the pitching staffs are the only thing that isn't dynasty in this dynasty league. The pitching staffs are drafted every year in reverse order to standings. So the worst team picks first, and the, sec- the second worst team picks second, and so on and so forth. Um, there's also a secondary market in pitching staffs as well. So <clears throat> I hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, I have no idea where it's going to go or what's going to happen or, you know, if it's going to be entertaining. I think the only rule that the four of us are going to be looking at is, is it entertaining to us? So if you like it, great. If you don't, doesn't really matter. You don't have to listen to it. Anyway, uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to be doing <clears throat> some previews of uh, teams for the upcoming season. One of the things that Jack and I have done for many, many years is uh, go through the teams and try to get a preseason sense of who is doing what and uh, what team is doing what and how successful we think that can be. So uh, that's where I think it's the best place to start the Juiceless Podcast. Enjoy. So the Dreamers... Um, this is an interesting team. It's uh, by two owners that uh, they've been in the league. They've owned the Dreamers for Jack. Is this their third season? Going into the third, yeah. Their third season, and it's a pretty interesting and exciting team uh, when you kind of take a look at what they've built and, and who they have on that. So, yeah. um, Jack, what's your what's your take on the Dreamers? What are you thinking? Um. They have been hit on quite a few. I mean, uh, yeah, hit or, or traded, again, for, for a two-year team. If you take a lot of the guys that they're starting right now and um, that that the rest of us you know, should have some fear against, uh, take them back to, to three years ago, prior the year prior to them joining the league, uh, and there'd be no fear whatsoever. So... Um, Sanchez, obviously, 
extremely strong at the moment. A catcher, Freeman, um, had a great year last year. I, I don't think he's done improving. Um, Donaldson, obviously, can no need for improvement there. Seager, again, another young, absolute stud. Again, I, we haven't seen the, the best of him for a while. Story's an interesting one, but I'm a believer. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, Cargo, obviously, has some Kool-Aid of his own the last couple of years. Um, so if he keeps that stuff, then Kiermaier, uh, one of the most underrated guys, Fantasy sports, Yelich. I love Yelich this year. Um, huge on Yelich this year, and uh, and Belt's another interesting one. I I um I uh, haven't paid that much attention to the guy, and all of a sudden I see him popping up on on a whole lot of lists this year. He's got a strong bench. Um, he's got Santana. Um, you know, a couple question marks, but. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, Met staff, he's got the Rays as a backup. I'm not, uh, I'm not walking into that one too, too confidently. Yeah, I would, I would agree with a lot of what Jack said. I think, uh, you know, clearly if, if we're going to see a little bit more, whether Sanchez is for real or, or how he's going to hold up to a full season, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. And he, the team seems to have more depth than he's had in the past. Um, you know, if somebody goes down, it's not necessarily going to kill his season. Having having the Mets staff is going to help tremendously. Yeah, that could the Mets could be a the Mets could be a a one and and could be a seven eight. Yep. Or you just you just don't know. You know, I think what's really fascinating about this team is, you know, when you look at your team and you build it, you always are striving to have three or four players that, you know, you can really count on and, and predict what they're going to do and be successful with them. Whereas this team, if you look at their roster, and, and to your point, Jack, the, the recent history of these players, it's really Pedroia and Donaldson, who if I were the owner of this team, I would say, you know what, barring an injury, I can pencil these guys in for pretty much the historic rate stats. But, you know, it, looking at the prospects and the young players on this roster, where we're all usually hoping that we get, you know, 50% of our prospect calls right, you know, uh, the, the brief history on these players suggests that they've just picked extremely well and they've honed in on young players who have huge upsides. There's really nobody on this roster who, you know, the early returns you can say are an abject bust. You know, Peterson and Puig would be the closest to those, but they still have been productive, even though they've been maybe not lived up to their hype. But yeah. every other player, Sanchez, Story, Seeger, you know, you know, J.D. Martinez, Yelich, they're all really uh, exceeding what you could most, your know, wildest dreams hope for, for production hit on a lot of these players right so it's story has to has to repeat it and do it for the entire season i think joe talked about sanchez uh the kid's young uh freddie freeman had a half of power last year and freddie freeman is he's not a he's not a spring chicken right i mean he's uh how old is he 28 29 no he's only 27 
Yeah. As you say, he seems like he's been playing for ten years and he's only twenty-seven. You know. Yeah. He's not going to have a hell of a, a strong lineup around him. Um, no. You know, I, I too like Yelich. I think Yelich well, is. Nor did he last year, and and forty-three doubles, thirty-four home runs. I mean, uh, you know, not to mention the six triples. Um, I, I think he's about to become a, a, a force to be reckoned with, honestly. Uh, Freeman, you talking freedom? Freeman, Freeman, yeah. And some some players like that will will rise to that when they're their only teams when their teams the team's only you know good hitter they'll often overperform. So somebody gets uh, smart enough to pitch around them. Yeah. So is yeah, this so exactly. in your opinion, guys? Is this the uh, is this your predicting for the for the uh, is this team going to be in the World Series this year? The World Series, yes. I mean, I, we'd have to look at the other seven teams to, uh, to, finalize, <laughs> to finalize a prediction. But I, I, I would say no. Um, but but ask me again in a year. <laughs> yeah, I concur. I'd say no because I, I assume that one of these eight starters is going to get hurt and miss significant time due to injury and that one or two of these less than three-year service time players are going to regress. Maybe not in a terrible way, but they're going to regress. And there are some positions for which he has no depth. Yeah. Well, and I would add to that that, you know, over the over the course of time, Carlos Gonzalez has kind of proved that he's he's only good for about half the season because he's not going to do well away from home. And I think that's going to hurt sometimes. I don't know. That guy, I don't, you know, I don't want to talk about Tim while he's on the phone, but uh, that guy, <laughs> I mean, last year was a, a, a drop down again a little bit and, and pretty solid, but, uh, uh, you know, 40 home runs two years ago, 42 home runs last year. I will say um, that may be the first, Yep, uh, I believe that's the first two years in a row that he's played 150 games, which, you know, Tim and I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> that means trade him, which is exactly what I did. So uh, I'm just playing the odds there um, and uh, trying to get some value out of him uh, while I still could. So he has been passed around quite a bit, too. <laughs> he's no Charles Johnson. Um. So uh, let's move on to uh, LJ's team, the Funkin' Punks. Um, you know, I, I, I played LJ uh, last year uh, in the playoffs, and uh, he's got the, the team, when I instantly look at the team, I don't see the star power that I see in some of the other teams, but it's, it gets it done, and it's, it, it continues to get it done. And I always feel like LJ's not even paying attention, but I he, he he's definitely paying attention. And he puts together a winning team year after year after year. Um, so Jack, what do you as you go down through the the uh, the team, what are you thinking? He um just checking in the uh, the bench and all. He um <clears throat> You know, this one's not going to make the World Series either, in my opinion. But um, he, he is—he's sneaky good, and um, and he's had a few guys 
and and he's not as deep of an owner as some of us in my opinion so he kind of needs this sometimes but he's hit it um he needs a few guys to you know essentially come out of nowhere um like you know again Kyle Seeger a couple of few years ago was not highly sought after um you know Sal Perez has become a a, a stud as well um Botto helps obviously um you know one of the better first basemen you can have in fantasy Kinsler solid um, not get any younger, but solid. Uh, Lindor was a good pick of his. I think he grabbed him and has uh, has had him since uh, since the draft. Um, Ron, I guess, is good again. Um, Granderson's interesting again. He, you know, LJ's not young. Uh, much older team than uh, than the Dreamers. Um, Adam Jones. I, I, I was offered Adam Jones quite a few times in another league, and um, I'm not buying right now, but I've been wrong before. Um, not a whole lot of fear of the bench. You know, they'll keep spots for you, but um, he's got this, a couple, couple solid minor league guys. But. I think. I think the worst thing that he's got going against him to even make the playoffs is the division that he's in. Division. There's only only going to be two people in that division that are going to make it out of there. So, so that's a, that's a good, uh, that's a good point. So the divisions, how we have the league division set up is that we have the four playoff teams from the previous year in one division we call the champions division. And then we have two other three team divisions and it's set up uh, to try to really bring more parity into the league and give teams that didn't make the playoffs uh, an easier, a slightly easier road to the playoffs. Uh, and um, I think that's what you're talking, uh, talking to directly, right, Joe, that he's in the championship. That is division. correct. Yeah. Cause I'm looking at three faces and, one of you is not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> well, yeah, I look at this team and I think that, um, you know, there's, there's certainly no holes there, but it's like a team that's built to compete year after year, but not, there's not that high, high ceiling on any of these players. Like none of these players I look at and think, oh man, this person has the potential to really take it to the next level. And if that happens, that's going to be uh, a team I don't want to face. You know, these are all pretty known quantities at this point, kind of the opposite of the Dreamers. And so as I look at this lineup, if they're healthy, I don't really look forward to playing these guys. But I also don't think that there's a, a high, high ceiling there, but neither is there a low floor, you know. Uh, and you could also say that that – several of those players are, are reaching a point in their career where they're they're going to start regressing sooner rather than later. For sure. Oh, look at that. Wow. As, as I look on this, our app, guys, a trade has just been made official in real time here on our <laughs> We've been talking about that one for a while. That's... Uh... I'm, 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 I'm drinking... Oh, look at that. It's... I'm making the run. I'm... I'm... <laughs> Breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) That's I'm gonna regret it. I absolutely know it. There's times that I think I may regret trades. There's times I know I will. This is Mm. 
But well, should we should we be brutal and do a little instant analysis here on the podcast? Uh, absolutely. So get you know uh, so Jack acquires Evan Gaddis, Houston Astros for is it Francisco Burrito, Oakland? Is, is that his first name, Francisco, or Franklin Burrito? Well, this says Franklin, yeah. Oh yeah, Franklin Burrito. I, I'm on my app. Yeah, well, my I gotta you know, sorry Jack, I got to give this one to Tim. My instant analysis is that Tim's the winner of this trade. There's no doubt. I, like I said, I, I'm already aware of that, and um, I was aware <laughs> I was aware of it when I did it. So. Um, yes, but I also know how much you value catching. Yeah, yeah, long term, um, and there are some some. It's a first step of a path of many. So there's going to be some other things that are that build off of this. So I'm not done. But um, long term, you're trading him to pops in ten minutes. <laughs> Having. <laughs> Um, Evan, Evan Gaddis, while um, you know he, he's been known to, to boost a season, um, he'll never be as good as Brett. I mean, he Brett is going to be an absolute stud. So I'm not. I'm going on record saying that Tim didn't rob me this time. <laughs> <laughs> this time, you heard it here first. Uh, it was consensual. So this time, I asked for the robbing, and I I'm very aware and in full. Uh, sound mind and body when I've done it. So, so this is a, w- when Jack and I owned a team together, uh, we had, uh, uh, we had trouble. We're both alphas. We, we had real trouble kind of seating control. Um, and, and secondly, uh, he, Jack has the ability to continually build where um, I tend to kind of build the farm system up let that those uh, players develop, uh, benefit from that, and then rebuild. And and t- so very different kind of approaches. And if you can trade, uh, and as you're effective, you're you you can trade well enough um, uh, to continue that, which is what Jack does. Then you can have success. Um, and yeah, I think it's funny because Jack he's always got two or three trades going. I was on the phone with him two weeks ago, he was totally <laughs> buttering me up, making me feel like I was the most important person in the world. And I, like you, Greg, came across my phone while I'm talking to him. And about got it. <laughs> he traded with the Dreamers. And as instantly, I went from the prettiest girl at the ball to the ugliest girl at the ball. I mean, he got off the phone faster than... than uh, that's not true. You didn't get off the phone, but you definitely did stop talking and you stopped with the compliments pretty damn quick. So yeah, it was a Gaddis trade, and the the trade that came across got me Russell Martin. So I said, I said, I real Tim, I really need a catcher. Beep, and I just got one. So I guess we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah, we'll see. That's I'm excited. I'm very excited, but. Uh, with Jonathan Lucroy as my only catcher now, I'm I'm really exposed. But we'll see that when we get to my team. I've I'm very very exposed. Um, okay, so Funk and Punks. Uh, so let's go down to uh, Lethal Injection, and um, so Mikey's team, Lethal Injection. This is this. I don't know between Greg and Mikey 
who is more snake bit in this league um, with just, you know, bad luck, injuries at the wrong time, uh, you know, ties, whatever um, that, that happens. So um, and, 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 you know, Mikey's team, man, talk about some star power. Um, so, Jack, what do you think as you go through Mikey's team on a player by player basis? Mikey's he's always been solid. Um, if anything, he, um, he'll sometimes <laughs> back in the Mikey's an original and, um, back in the day, uh, it, it was almost more fun for us to, um, to pick a guy that wasn't supposed to be good, have him do well, uh, than it was to win. Like it was like, like bragging rights on, see, I saw that coming guy and uh, the sleepers, if you will. And um, so sometimes, sometimes, not all the time. And he's a very smart dude. Um, Mikey sits in front of baseball and, and sports center and, and uh, baseball <laughs> as much as anyone. And, and uh, but sometimes he'll, he'll reach just a little bit too much. And that, in my opinion, uh, will hold him back. Um, McCann uh, is solid. Um, you know what? Not the the greatest catcher out there, but few are. Um, obviously, Rizzo. Uh, I I miss that guy. I I I was I just did not believe in him, and whoops. Um, he was a Chris, punk in San Diego, wasn't he? I mean he he was a no, he was a Red Sox, and then he got traded to San Diego, and I just thought he was another. You know, I didn't see it. No. Bryant, obviously a stud, barring a uh, falling into a really deep hole. Um, he has his weakness, if anything, is um, is middle infield. And uh, what's interesting is he's got um, Tulo and, and Segura. The Segura uh, in, in Seattle. Um, so Segura, obviously we've seen the best of Segura. We've seen the worst of Segura, so... Um, I guess it depends on which part of the spectrum he ends up landing. Um, Tulo, obviously strong when he can play, but we, you know we can't pencil him in for a full season by any means. Um, Nelson Cruz is strong. strong. Man, that guy's strong. Um, I hate him. I just have no. I don't like him. There's nothing about him. I've never even won him on a team. I don't know what it is. There's just guys like that for me. He's one of them. Um, Chris Davis, again, if you're going to have somebody that hits like Bob Euchre, have him hit like Bob Euchre over the fence. Um, I I don't know that I'd want him, but I guess the number's there. I, I, Kemp's a little aged. Davis a little aged. Um, Mikey could easily fall off the cliff this year um, or kick everyone's ass. Um, but he's got Nunez on his bench. <laughs> and he's shortstop and third. So I could easily see Nunez in his middle infield. Obrist is an interesting one because he's always been a dependable stud um, at second base. Um, but now they got uh, the kid coming in and, and the way he's been playing and the, um, you know, the WBC and the way they talk about him, respect him. Uh, Baez, it looks like I, 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 he's got to be starting at second base soon. And, um, so then what do you do with Ben? You got, you know, He'll get traded somewhere and be good for them. Maybe, yeah. He's going to end up having to be somewhere else because they, they um, me personally, 
as hard as it would be to sit down a guy that you're paying, I don't know, whatever, $7 million every time he puts on a glove. But um, Hayward is that guy. What a, I just, he makes me sad when I see him bat, Jason Hayward. He's just not good. So, Jack, um, though, is, isn't Tulo now at his age in a way <laughs> Coors Field? Isn't he just Zach Cozart in disguise? No. Almost, almost, and it, with glass bones, like I, almost. <laughs> I mean, he's not. He's, um, but like I said, I, I you get a, a Zobris playing every day, and, and Nunez does what he did last year, and that's a pretty strong middle infield. So just because he has those guys on his bench, the the, the Zobris thing though, I've had Zobris offered to me, and 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 I'm staying away because, you know, again, I you got you know Schwarber out there, you got there's there's nowhere for this kid to play. Yeah, but that. That's what I like about his team, though, is, is like Zobrist, Chris Bryant, and Nunez all have two premium positions that they can play and are likely to play every day. You know, I, I, I place a premium on that personally. Oh, I agree. Because that, you know, you can slide guys in and around, you know? I agree. That's a, a, a big deal, in fact, in, um, in one of my. Uh, in my other league, I, 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 I actually have Trey Turner in this league. Uh, in my other league, I actually traded uh, a deal with, gave him Altuve, and, and, and I got quite a bit back. But uh, just because of that, to be able to move that guy back and forth is huge. Yeah. Um, usually that only lasts for a season, and the guy settles into where he's going. But in Zobra's case, um, for sure, you know, that guy constantly – you know, he's, he's, if I'm correct, in the past, he's qualified at two or three positions at a time. So that's a, a huge deal if the guy is playing every day and, and you know, going to be able to contribute. Um, well, it right. seems like Madden loves Zobrist. And it seems like if there's somebody who's going to sit, it's not going to be Zobrist, at least not, not, not yet. I mean, unless he has some sort of a decline, Madden seems to love sit, this guy. You're going to sit Schwarber? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, they're under the guise of his, his knees a little bit gimpy, or they'll give him some at-bats at behind the plate. They'll, they'll give him at-bats when they're playing interleague. You know, but I think uh, Bryant and, uh, and Zobrist are out there every day, and Baez and, um, and Schwarber are the odd men out, you know, and they're going to have to fight for playing time. Well, and, and Zobrist... He can play anywhere on the field. He's sort of, sort of like Brock Holt in that way. You know, he's he's going to get us at bats just resting other people. But the other guys don't. Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant ain't going nowhere. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, right. yeah, I'm, I'm only, sure of that. Only so many spots for him to play. You know, Addison Russell, um, and and he's not a shortstop. Well, it's it's going to be those four guys between second, third, and the left. It'll be Schwarber, Bryant. Baez and Zobrist, and it'll be some combination of those four. I think with Bryant and uh, Zobrist getting the preferential treatment, you know. Really, you think you think Zobrist is going to end up with um, with more time than uh, Baez? Yeah, for sure, I, I do. I, I think that Baez, you know, Baez, I, he's on, you know, I like Baez, but he strikes out too much. He's a great fielder. I think he'll be a defensive replacement. Um, but I, I think it'll be Zobrist or Bryant at second or third, and the other one in the left, 
with some spot action for Schwarber and uh, and Baez. I mean, Zobris could start to decline. What is he, 34, 35? Sure. But assuming last year's performance at or about that, I think, I mean, I think that's what Madden's going to do, but we'll see. Has he got every Chris Davis? Or yeah, any, <laughs> or any he's missing? I would see the K. I would, um, if I was Joe Madden, I might just hit Jason Hayward in the knee with a baseball bat and there open up, opens up a position. <laughs> You'd have him pull a Nancy Kerrigan? Yep. All right, so let's move on to uh, good discussion, fellas. First, first um, of all, doesn't he deserve it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think defensive metrics are uh, more and more playing into the prof- at the professional level, and I think Hayward is pretty damn good in the outfield. And when you think about uh, runs prevented, it's uh, kind of the other component that we don't really look at on a fantasy level. In fact, I, I actually think it'd be kind of cool – if if the metrics got to a point that we could then add defensive metrics, that your player pool would shift, in some cases dramatically, and and Hayward would be someone that you know might be a top fifteen player, um, if you could look at the whole package. And and I you know I think that w- the more the metrics come down to the you know the the uh, the uh, the common people like us. Uh, you know, we can already see hit tracker information. We have all these kinds of things that, you know, I don't just like um, uh, starting to get defensive players in fantasy football. I think you start to add defensive metrics in baseball and suddenly it, you've got some really interesting differences uh, that you could play with. And, and frankly, I think that would help the league be even more popular because as much as I love baseball and as much as I've followed baseball, um, playing fantasy baseball has made me a, a far more uh, committed fan of the game overall. Oh, yeah. So for me, the you know adding defensive metrics would be something that I think would be fascinating. But that's probably after Haywood is retired and he can, you know. He, well, he, you know, don't sell Hayward short. I have a uh, deep scouting department in Arizona who tells me that uh, Hayward supposedly spent the summer in Arizona or the uh, winter in Arizona uh, preparing and working and, and consciously making an effort to raise his power game. So I took him on a flyer in the fourth round to be some injury depth for me, but I'm secretly hoping that in, in Wrigley he can he can you know knock out 20 home runs this year. Was was Benigno trolling you? Was he just totally like throwing shade your way? I didn't even I forgot that you even drafted him. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love it. I love it. Uh, so, uh, moving on to the Omission Commission, the Omission Commission, and that is a a, a hop bud on his uh, as his team symbol. Um, Scott Hill loves his beer. Uh, actually, only drinks beer from Oregon. He is uh, definitely a, a beer connoisseur. Um, so, Jack, why don't you take us through the uh, through his team as you see it? This is an interesting team to me. So, this um, Scott didn't Scott make the playoffs? Not not this past year, but the prior year, right? His second year in the league, correct? Okay. So he's got Real Muto is. As 
solid as you can get if you don't have one of the other guys. <laughs> um, I like him. I do. I, um, matter of fact, he got drafted last year um, at the beginning of the year, and I, for some reason, thought I was going to sneak him past all you guys, so I kept waiting and waiting. And I had LaCroix at the time. No, I didn't. Maybe I didn't. And, uh, and I waited and waited. Then he took him right before I did, and I was pissed off. Um, I like Real Muto. Again, he's not going to win you a championship, um, but he's not going to lose you a lot of games at catcher, and not a lot of people can say that. He's going to steal um, some bases, too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Greg Bird, I, you know, I guess we'll see. Um, don't they have, like, 12 first basemen down there right now? Or He is know. starting. Greg Bird is, is, has actually won the job over Chris yes. Carter. Well, that should be interesting. Man. He could be very good. Dozier, what did he hit, like 72 home runs last year? Uh, that guy's interesting. He's uh, he, When he started out in the league, he was valued um, very, very high because of his steals. Yep. Uh, and uh, a la Barry Bonds. Uh, somebody test this kid. Um, he uh, All of a sudden now he's a, a power stud, so... Um, that's interesting. That's just, a, it, I think it was 42, actually. If I'm, yeah, 42. Um, which is his career high. He has gone up every year. Um, I don't know, I was, uh, how old is he? 29. Man. I got offered him in a couple of deals, and I just stayed away from it, and now I'm kind of regretting it. Um, yeah, Dozier could be the best one of the best for sure, Altuve would argue, but um, Frazier. Frazier was one of his first uh, picks in the uh, expansion draft and, and has treated him very, very well. Um, Alex Bregman qualifies as shortstop. By the way, I, I love Alex Bregman this year. <laughs> I think he is um, Alex Bregman is the next Donaldson. Um, Love. Um, everybody loves this Benedetti kid, huh? Tim, talk about Benedetti kid a little bit. He is uh, he is a stud uh, through and through. I mean, he came out of college, and um, he does have rugged good looks for sure. He's got a hell of a lock of hair on his uh, on his head. Hell of a hell of a hairdo. And um, look, the guy's got power. He's got speed. He plays freaking phenomenal defense, and um, he's got some speed. He's not going to steal a lot of bases, but uh, you know, he he could poke twenty five home runs uh, easily. And uh, he's a small guy, um, but he has a, a very powerful um, stroke, and he's got a, a great eye. He he knows how to work counts. And uh, he may regress a bit this year. He had a great, when he came up last year, he did really well. Uh, battled through some injury. But uh, guy's a stud. And um, I actually traded him to Scott and was sad about doing it. Um, I, I, geez, I can't even remember what I got in return. That's how much I <laughs> I really like him. You know, I, I look at this roster, and, and I got to be honest, this is going to sound harsh, but I'm just going to put it out there. This this roster depresses me. 
this this roster reminds me of all of my Pirates teams that I suffered through for 20 years that had mostly mid-level prospects who had exceeded expectations to their you know, credit and were serviceable players and a few really high-end prospects for whom all the all the weight of the world is going to be put on these the shoulders of these high-end prospects in the hopes that they they live up immediately and carry the team. But, you know, Grichik and Cole Calhoun and, you know, uh, Eaton and, and uh, Simeon and, you know, and Shaw and Bird, all these mid-level prospects, you know, I'm sorry to the Omission Commission, but this is a, uh, this is a roster that, that is giving me a little bit of a cognitive dissonance from my, my uh, recent 20-year run of, of futility with the Pirates. <laughs> uh, Long term, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Um, I will say that most of those guys you mentioned are on his bench. Um, if Greg Bird, uh, uh, you know, does what uh, what he could do, um, he is. Uh, I'm not a, a huge fan of Adam Eaton, but if he can just get solid numbers out of him, and um, I don't know who's his shortstop going to be once we kick out Bregman Crawford again, he- not, not lighting the world on fire, but. Um, <clears throat> he squeezes his way into the playoffs and gets a few good weeks out of Dozier or Frazier. Those guys could easily tear it up. Nobody's even mentioned A.J. Pollock, 40-20 two years ago. That guy hasn't played since. Um, and where the hell did Justin Turner come from? That guy, I guess, all of a sudden, he's a 30-home run hitter now, too. Well, that, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about, Jack. You just validated my point, though. It's all these players who had a really, um, you know, uh, outlying type of season once or twice and we've now picked them up and we're going to put them on the field and if every freaking card falls into place we're going to be dangerous look out but those things never happen unfortunately good point so here's here's why i think this team is interesting um is that this is a team in transition so we talked about originally uh he he when he went in the expansion draft he picked a lot of players that were uh, at their peak or past their peak, and I think you know, and made the playoffs, but realized at that point that he does not have a run in this team. That the team was aging too fast. He did not have the the minor leagues. He was looking at uh, you know when he was talking about to me, he was looking at your team, Greg. He was looking at some of the other teams, and he he, he knew. And so this is a team that is committed to the process, and that that for me is something I love to see. And so um, he's been pretty active on the trade front. Uh, and, um, you know, I think we have probably uh, six out of the 10 owners that are really active on the trade front. And Scotty's actually been one of those. So, um, you know, if he can build around the Bregmans, the Benintendis, the Birds, um, and maybe Pollock, you know, gets away from his injuries and he, he continues to, uh, to be good, uh, you pepper in some other players around. I, you know, we, we can go through the draft a little bit on and see if he picked up anybody good in the draft. He definitely picked up one of the best name players in Chance Cisco, so we can, you know, check that out. But, um, you know, I, I think this is a team that, you know, he doesn't expect to make the World Series. He doesn't expect to make the playoffs. Um, at least I hope he doesn't. But I think if he stays committed to the process, he's got a good core that he can build off of and, um, you know, eventually turn it around. 
You know, he's got the Cardinals staff. He's probably going to end up trading that if he's smart uh, midseason. Um, you know, he's got some pieces here that he could still probably move uh, for those guys that are making a, a, an aggressive run, which, again, I think there's six or seven teams that have a legitimate shot to get into the tournament. So it's an interesting, uh, interesting team there. Joe, any comments before we move on to uh, Bad Street? Um, I think that uh, you know, it's I, I think it's kind of middle of the road. There's there's some exciting stuff. I hope for his sake that Ben Attendee has a great year because that'll mean my Red Sox are benefiting from it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think you guys are pretty well right on there there's uh probably not a, a lot of hope to win a world series title this year watch the battle So let's move over to uh, Bad Street, Mike Sr. Jack, you want to take us through this team here? I would like to send an ambulance to go pick up Miguel Sano and Javier Baez and get them the hell out of here before this whole team goes to shit. Um, I'm I'm not a... I love you, Mike. I'm not a big fan of, uh, of this squad. Um, Derek Norris, no fear. Uh, Hanley Ramirez, I personally think that he is um, overrated at the moment under the circumstance. Put him back at shortstop, maybe we'll talk. Um, Cano getting up there. Longoria, uh, you know, solid. Um, big year last year, 30 some home runs. I was kind of surprised after I traded him. Um, 36. Um, D. Gordon, you know, I guess we'll see. Uh, last time he played a full season, he was second ranked, second baseman in fantasy. Um, juicing Adam then, though, wasn't he? What's that? He was juicing then, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even after he came back, if you look at his stats for the uh, for the time he came back, he, they're just on par with with what he was doing the, the prior season, actually. Much shorter uh, span, obviously. But um, we'll see. I traded for him in the other league um, because I assumed he was underrated. I don't know that he'll be the second best fantasy, you know, uh, second baseman uh, this year, but um, I definitely still think he's 
be, you know, top five, six, and I think he's you know, probably ranked outside the top ten by some people. Um, yeah, Duvall, again, is a, is a poor man's Adam Dunn. Um, Dexter Fowler. That, he's an interesting one. He's been obviously doing pretty good. Again, he he should maybe be on, on what's his Scotty's team. Um, pretty good. Not good, you know, not bad enough to drop. Not quite good enough to get excited about starting, but um, again, moving over to St. Louis should be interesting. I don't see it being better, uh, but we'll see. Um, I do like Miguel. Um, I think he's going to be an absolute stud. And uh, Carlos Beltran is playing in Houston in that lineup and seeing more fastballs than he's probably ever seen in his life going to you know, compensate for the fact that you know, he'll probably be dead by mid-season. <laughs> Does he still have knees? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but Julio Franco recently described him as youthful. <laughs> is that is that sort of like saying he's in the best shape of his life in spring training? Yeah, Julio Franco said, man, I wish I had uh, the spring in the step that Carlos Beltran had. <laughs> I'd still be playing. Well, maybe he literally had his knees replaced with springs. Maybe. Uh, no fear of his bench whatsoever. Um, Adrian Gonzalez obviously has the capabilities of, of hitting some some dingers. I love Bias long term. If I could get him, I would. You know, for 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 long term, I I do expect Bias to to end up with more at bats than um, than Zobris, but not by a lot. But I do. Uh, I traded. I was the one who traded uh, Pops Baez this offseason. I love Baez's potential and his youth, but he just strikes out too much, I think. He does. He does. Um, and, yeah, Mike, Mike's dad has always had um, the uh, – he's always had the most of something. So none of his guys are complete usually, um, i.e. Billy Hamilton. Um, you know, yes, he's going to win the steals, but – and then, of course, Mike's dad just likes home runs. So um, whether they bat 220 uh, or, or 320, he doesn't really care as long as they hit, you know, 40 bombs. Where's um, I expect to see um, Carter on here, but I guess not. It's Carter. Uh, Clint Frazier. <laughs> that guy's been, uh, been moving around a few times for a minor leaguer. Ginger power, baby. Ginger power. Ginger Power. I will say this. Every every time I look at Pop's team, I don't think there's anything there. And every once in a while, they'll put it all together and, and they'll have a decent season. So I, I'm, I'm I'm kind of in agreement with Jack. I don't I don't see a whole lot there that I would want. Um, but you just never know. Well, the best thing about Pops is that he loves the trade game. And, and he's he constantly does. he's constantly active in the trade game. And so, Jack, you probably could get Baez. Yeah, and um, the other thing is is that you know, his 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 minors are um, you know he's got you know with Frazier, Maniac, O'Neill, Tyler O'Neill, Mickey Maniac. He's got some he's got some good players there. Uh, Guriel, I think, is going to play first base for Houston. I think Houston's going to be an offensive juggernaut this year. And, um, you know, you know, I, I think if he, if he 
you know, massages his game a little bit there. He's yeah. in a bad seven, but I, yeah, I agree. I yeah. mean, that, I, that guy batting seventh is scary lined up. That is, that is, and, and Cano, but I mean, guys, Cano was an elite player last year. Yeah, he and, was. Yeah. And, it, you know, I, I, you know, I take a look at this. Longoria is another one. If Cano and Longoria stay healthy, Ramirez has another year at first base. Um, it, the outfield just, oof, you know, Fowler, Duvall, and, and Beltran just don't excite me at all. So, no, I, yeah, I absolutely agree. So, no, at third base, Sano would be uh, even better. I agree. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at Reardon Metal. Jack, you want to take a quick run through here? Wilson Contreras, again, he's a catcher, um, which, again, is becoming, you know, more and more. He's a catcher. <laughs> Again, you got the, you know a couple of guys that can separate themselves. Um, other than that, I, I don't you know but anywhere from three to ten. Who the hell knows? Um, I love Will Myers. Um, Will Myers, the kind of guy that that again they you know they come in strong. He was a high high prospect. And what seems like. 10 years ago and, and the guy's, you know, still in his low twenties, um, didn't perform right away as, as well as expected when he goes from Tampa uh, or, uh, uh, Kansas city, Tampa. And, um, before last season, <clears throat> Will Myers, um, uh, stated that he would hit uh, 2020, uh, last year and has never done anything close to that. And uh, Will Myers hit 28-28 last year. So, um, Joe, I, I think you'll be happy to hear, if you haven't already, uh, that this spring, Will Myers says that he is going to go for 40-40. Let's uh, just hope he plays 150-something games. <laughs> I, um, <coughs> I love Will Myers. I love him. He, he, he doesn't wear batting gloves. And which is freaking awesome to see. And Joe will not trade him for anything. Like I all off season, I tried to get Will Myers and, and Joe was always very polite and he's always kind, but it, you know, as kind as a stiff arm can be. So clearly well, he's, he's become much more valuable to me now that he's at first base instead of the outfield. <laughs> Jesus. Will which Myers. is odd. Usually, generally, it's the opposite in fantasy, but it's all about your team. You know, the same same situation. We'll get to right. that in it. Dude, all and these these first four players. It's un. I mean, go ahead. Sorry, I don't mean to step on your uh, words there, Jack. I'll let you. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. My, Myers, Altuve, Machado, Carrera. It's the um, was it the the World Baseball Championship? <laughs> 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 but, um, uh, those four. I mean, as far as it, I don't know if anybody has a better infield. I don't. Um, I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I mean, you, you got three of the absolute elite players with you know Altuve, Machado, and Correa, and oh, four of the elite with with Trout, you know, and then you have two of the former elite players who are still operating at a high level with Pujols yep. and uh, McCutcheon, and I think Kutch is going to come back. I certainly hope so. No, I think he will. Yeah, I definitely think he will. I think the move to right will be a good thing for him ultimately. I think so too. So that's a, that's that's two, 
um, today. I, 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 I do not. I think McCutcheon's on his way down. Um, I think we've seen the best of him. But, again, we'll see. I think he's well, motivated think... by that contract situation. You know, he's got another year. He's going to start playing for his either to be traded to a contender or for his next contract. I think he has three or four more really solid seasons. I think he's. I don't think his hit tool is going anywhere. I, I think where yeah. he's going to lose his value is his, in his speed and stealing bases and, and stretching doubles into triples and things like that. Yep. Yep. Still, again, I, I, you know, I'd take him. Um, so, um, not a big fan of Herrera. I don't know who else you have down there that, that you could switch out, um, you know. Uh, that would be your weak spot, in my opinion. But again, uh, with the, the rest of the squad like that, you, you could probably afford to carry a weak spot. You're not in the uh, the 14 division, correct? That would be correct. Oh, that's right. It's you, uh, you, Scott, and um, who else? Um, let's see. Oh, it's. Uh... Me, Scott, and Eldon, and and uh, okay, the Dreamers. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's going to be a fun division to watch, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Who's uh, who did he, who did you end up with pitching, Joe? Uh, that's good. Uh, the Nationals. Hmm. And uh, the Dreamers have the Mets. So you have look at this. Look at look at. I mean, this guy's. Zimmer and and yeah. Let, so let me just. I mean, the, you know, I love the minor systems, right? Tapia, Taveras, Zimmer, Robles, uh, Diaz, uh, Raul Montesi Jr. These are sweetheart, um, Swihart. The, these are fucking stud prospects. I agree. Um, you know, Tapia obviously is you know is up there. Uh, Robles is in the top ten in almost every prospect ranking that you can find um this guy is i mean you know he could play outfield on top of water is what is what i'm 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 hearing so you know i i think joe's team is set up where if he needs to go out and get that outfielder to compliment trout um he could move a player or two um and 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 have his pick um of teams that know that they're out of it he could probably go get a a, a a Pollock. Right, 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 right. Yeah, the bet his bench could be stronger, but um, again, it's you know it's not like he's playing a bunch of guys that are you know forty years old either. So, um, except for Chu, Joe scares me. Joe's always scared. yeah, Chu, yeah, Joe's um yeah, Joe scared me on a, a on a year by year basis. So. It used to be just Joe and Tim, and now you know Greg has moved up there along with these other two guys. It's um, it's really it's becoming an awesome league. It is. That's exactly how we wrote it up, right, Jack? Yep. So, um, all right, let's take a look at uh, forty-seven Ronan. This is my team. So, uh, Jack. Um. So. <laughs> so um. There's some pain for me to look at Tim's team, but. Um, LaCroix, obviously, if, uh, you know, uh, I guess not everybody agrees, but if you, if you don't have Posey, you want LaCroix. 
Um, I like him again this year. I think he's solid. I, I think he's uh, he's in a solid spot, um, solid lineup. That lineup's coming up. Um, Edwin Encarnacion. I, I'm just hoping that he just doesn't like Cleveland. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, that's why I traded him to Tim. I have to confess now that the deal is done is I, I really think, having lived in Ohio briefly, that uh, Ohio has a really crippling effect on anybody for a lot of different reasons. In sports. So I, I think we're going to see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hate That was probably the worst year of my life living in Ohio. And uh, I, I think we're going to see a uh, re- uh, Edwin revert to his Cincinnati Reds form. If you remember that. People don't even remember that. But I think that's the Edwin Encarnacion. Which was uh, solid. It's going to be, it's gonna be because of age and Ohio. Yeah, that guy took a huge, huge jump. Um, the, the only guy I can remember, you know, for an established player, for something, you know, he had played in Cincinnati for a little while, and he wasn't a bad player. Um, but then, you know, a couple of years later, we're comparing him to, to Miguel Cabrera and, and, and Paul Goldschmidt. Um, uh, David Ortiz was the last guy that, uh, that I remember. Again, you know, see him play part-time in, in Minnesota. And uh, and then uh, next thing you know, he was in Boston doing whatever he did for however long he did it. Um, Winning championships. Nolan <laughs> <laughs> Arenado, I can't do any better. Um, Addison Russell and Xander Bogarts. Um, if it's not this year, it, it you know should be soon. Um, but um, that. Maybe the best middle infield uh, in finish. I love Addison Russell. Uh, he keeps doing things to not make me love him more. Um, and maybe I just want him to be uh, that good. Um, but I, I like him a lot. Isn't there part of you that wonders about these these young Cubs players, though, whether they're going to have any sort of hangover from what they did last year? I, for sure. I, I think that's possible, of course. Yeah, it's, it's, they, they did a huge thing. They, they got a huge monkey off of City's back, and not, everybody's telling them how great they are. I just wonder how much work they put in. Not to them. They're a bunch of 22-year-olds. They, they played baseball their whole lives. They yeah, I, I get it, but I just wonder how much work they put in. Yeah, it's a good – I mean, yeah, it's a it's – a, um, not a horrible question. Uh, outfield, come on. Uh, Mookie Betts, who I got and then traded back to Tim within the same hour. And um, wow, yeah. Uh, Charlie Blackman, Tim just picked up here recently. Again, uh, gave a lot for him, no doubt about it. Um, gave quite a bit for him actually, but. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that uh, that we shared Tim and I long, long time ago was, you know, sometimes when you're that close, when it's right there, when it's on the line, um, and you think you got a shot, and uh, and you have the ability to do so, then sometimes you just give too much to get that one guy that you need that you think will put it together, so on and so forth. So 
Uh, as soon as I seen that trade across, that's what I thought. Um, I thought he gave too much. And at the same time, I understood it, you know, completely. In fact, uh, I had a conversation with someone else from the league and, uh, and his opinion was that Tim had given too much. Um, in fact, <laughs> there was a comment on the site from one of the members of the league saying, Hey, you want to help rebuild my team too? <laughs> you got to trade, buddy. You got to trade to make it happen. You do. You do. Uh, so the other two guys, whatever, Bryce Harper, Deion Carlos, Jerry, blah. Um, <laughs> two of the best players in baseball. Um, Tim is the team I'm probably scared the most of once again this year um, for obviously good reason for those of us who have actually followed the league the last couple of years. Um, but I'm really exposed. I've got no bench. I've, I've got other than Drury. Um, I am, I am super exposed. I've got a 34 year old first baseman switching teams, uh, moving from a dome to uh, a very cold climate. And Who, I've, who's, I can't see, move your minors, move, scroll up a little bit. Ed Carnacion. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm just checking. Go ahead. Yeah, so so I have uh, Cody Bellinger and AJ Reed. They're both in the minors. I don't have any first baseman. Um, I have you know Drury is a backup uh, third baseman for me. Uh, I believe and he's starting at second base this year. So uh, well, I should... and by the way, I don't know if you remember this or not. We were talking about this. Um, we actually named it the Jose Canseco rule. Um, as long if he's slated to start at second base to start the season, not that you need to use him at second base with the other guys you got, but um, if he's slated, started uh, or slated to start with the Arizona Diamondbacks at second base, um, then we have qualified him at second base to start the season. Oh. Uh, I know he already qualifies at outfield at third, um, but it was, um, you know, Canseco had come uh, from a DH only role with one squad and then got traded to where he was going to play outfield and everybody knew it. I forget who the DH was, but it was obvious he was going to play outfield and, and the team said so in the new team. Um, so we altered our rule at that point just for that particular situation for the five games. So, that's, And I don't think it's come up since, quite honestly. That's Yeah, that's that's cool. Well, it may, it may depending on how um, Russell is. And um, so there you go. So, and this is a league that you have to weather the injuries. And yeah. so I'm, I'm, my, my left flank is exposed. I, yeah. have, you, have you consolidated too much? You've done a hell of a job consolidating and those first nine guys scare everybody in this league. But yeah, you get, you know. Yeah, that, that's the only threat I see to Tim's having a really clear path and a strong opportunity. It's none of us in the league. It's injury. Injury and, you know. Um, Which Giants pitching staff do you get? The one where they win everything or the one where they have a really bad year? I think they're going to be a good, good yeah. pitching staff. I don't disagree with you. I took the Giants over the Mets. Um, you know, the Mets and the Giants were available to me. I did not think that was going to happen. And uh, it really threw me for a loop. And um, I was prepared. 
I, I thought that it would be the Dodgers that would fall to me. That happened to fall much later. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and um, so, you know, if I get good pitching and then I just have to really kind of scour the waiver wire for my for my injury replacements, um, you know, and that that uh, to defend that flank. Um, and, you know, hopefully Bellinger will come up and give me some some backup at first base. Um. All right, so let's go to um, let's go to the Smokeland Pathetics. Are you going to keep the name, Greg? Yeah, I think so. Unless some, you know, unless some other inspiration uh, grabs me, you know. <laughs> so let's uh, let's go through this, and then then um, uh, we'll let Greg go through Jack's team, and then uh, we can we can do a little discussion after that, and then we can kind of wrap up the the call. So, Jack, why don't you go through the Smokeland Pathetics? Again, Posey, um, you know, the best catcher you can have, in my opinion, in fantasy. Piazza days. Abreu is an interesting cat. Um, again, he's not going to kill you. Um, he has definitely lost a, a notch in my opinion over the last couple of years i expect that to continue i think we may have seen the best of a bray who doesn't mean he shouldn't be starting in fantasy baseball but um exactly the opposite for odor um, i expect him to continue to improve and uh, that guy's a stud what a scary. stud huh oh my gosh uh, Hell Carf- of a right hook too, right? Yeah, <laughs> just everything about him, man. His attitude, just how he plays the game, the power he brings to the plate. I, that guy's great. I agree. Um, Carpenter, I, I, I mean, I used to value him a little bit when he played one or two positions. Um, with the the way the positions that he plays, the fact that he can go anywhere on the on the field and now hits the living shit out of the ball. Um, that guy's extremely valuable in uh, in fantasy baseball. I would uh, I'd love to have Matt Carpenter on my squad. Um, Diaz, another one I, I missed. Uh, sneaky little bastard, just was you know um, became very good. Jackie Bradley Jr. That's an interesting one. Um, again, you can see it going either way. I, I could see it going either way. Um, Cespedes. The, the New York Cespedes, uh, one of the greatest outfielders in, in baseball, fantasy baseball. Um, again, as long as he stays healthy. Um, Springer's interesting. Springer is, um, he didn't do anything as much as I expected him to last year, uh, but he did everything well. Um, I expect him to take a big leap this year, if not next. Um, but I'm hoping for this year because I traded for him in my other league. Um, <laughs> uh, so I like Springer a lot. And again, uh, where is he going to hit? Like in between, like <laughs> it's. I think he's batting cleanup, top. isn't he? He's, he's hits first, right? It's going to be him. Yeah, he let off last year. Yeah, I think he's leading off again this year, oh. and then. And then what comes after that? <laughs> I think they have right. this year set as I heard Bregman once or twice, but I think it's set with um, Springer, Altuve, Carrera, 
Beltran. Um, uh, Jeez. Yeah. yeah that's that's going to be a good lineup. Yeah. And it doesn't get, like I said, it doesn't get, it's not a big drop off after you got Bregman, which, again, I think Bregman's going to be the, um, is, is he, he's not a rookie, is he still? Did he he might still qualify, yeah. Oh, then, yeah, then he's my call. Uh, for you got Gaddis and Gurleski or you know Uriel yep. Gurleski. Yeah, it's yeah. a helpful line. That's seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That lineup could be um and the staff. Um that would be their 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 weakness to a point. Um I do like I don't hate them staff wise, but anyway. Um Mike Napoli, the ageless one. Um you know, I had in my other league I had Mike Napoli and uh, Carlos Santana last year, both on my bench, um, because I, I just I had a really solid squad and uh, and couldn't get him in. And, and at one point I had to drop one of them, and I, I went back and forth. I had a hard time, and uh, and and you know, for those of you who have been in fantasy for a while, and maybe even those of you in, in a, a few short years, you'll start developing these weird homoerotic uh, attachments to your players <laughs> and. Uh, Mike Napoli and Shane Victorino uh, mm. once were on my bench. The flying Hawaiian. Going the flying Hawaiian going into the uh, the finals, the championship, and I had two major injuries going into the championship, and uh, I dropped those. Two. And they weren't doing phenomenal that year. It wasn't their greatest years, Napoli or him, uh, but they were all I had, and I dropped them in. And both of them decided to have the best two weeks of their entire season and won me the championship. Uh, so for that reason, I kept Mike Napoli last year and I dropped Santana, uh, which ended up Santana was pretty good. But um, Mike Napoli is the quietest um, DH uh, first base stud in, in the game right now, in my opinion. Um, he's better than anybody thinks he is. Um Weeders in Washington is going to be interesting. I've always been a fan of Weeders. He's always given me reasons not to. Um, Hayward, again, I can't. I just can't get. I can't think of him or say his name without the 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 paycheck. Um, so I just always he'll never be as good as they've paid him for, even in the field. Um, Nomar, if I, I loved Nomar and Mazzara. Um, and it, it could be this year. Um, I'm, if I bet, I'd say yes. Um, but we'll be talking about him in the uh, in that elite group. Uh, um, in my opinion. Um, Bell, I don't know that much about. I don't pay attention to Pittsburgh because that's my brother's team, and I, I just don't like him. Um, so, um, but I've heard good things about the guy. Victor Martinez, a, another Carlos Santana, Mike Napoli. Um, very old, not somebody that uh, that you want to depend on a full season for, but uh, absolutely somebody that in the right time, in the right situation, can plug in and win you a game or even a championship. Um, Beltre, <coughs> I have never respected. I, I've been wrong about uh, Adrian Beltre probably more than any other player in, in Major League Baseball. I have never had respect for that guy. I've never wanted him. I've never had him. I've never wanted to have him until I look at the stats at the beginning of the following season every year. <laughs> and uh, uh, that guy's a stud. Gregorius, it sucks that he got knocked up. He's not going to be hurt too bad, though, right? 
No, well, mid-April. Yeah. May, maybe. Again, young guy with 20, 18, 20 home runs last year. Um, Dahl's an interesting cat. He, uh, that guy comes back and, and actually gets the chance to clean the spot, um, which, you know, they're pretty packed out there. Um, but I, I expect good things. I like uh, a lot uh, having him in a, uh, a long-term league, in a keeper league. Um, Sensel, another guy I like a lot, uh, keeper-wise. Uh, I like all your damn kids. You, Greg, honestly, in my opinion, up up until you joining the league, there was no question that Tim was the absolute stud when it came to prospects. But I, I believe that you rival him, at you and and Joe and 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 I know Joe's going to say that he puts no effort into it and he doesn't know nearly as much as you guys and uh, and so on and so forth. But just year after year, uh, you guys seem to uh, to find those damn jewels. It, it's uh, yeah. This is a team that. You know, if I look at a a team that's built for the long run, right? This is this is a team that has all the right players in the right spots. The reserves are there, um, and you know, you look at Beltre and Dahl, who I think um, Dahl is special, um, and um, you know, Beltre again. I I'm with you, Jack. I never gave the guy credit. Every single freaking year, he is just phenomenal at third base, and he hasn't stopped. He's 37 years old, I think. I mean, he it's it's crazy, but he's exactly where you want him, right? He's your he's your uh, backup. Uh, maybe you plug him in, he gets hurt, you got somebody else. But this is a gritty team. Um, I too like Mazzara. It was tough to let him go. Um, I only let him go because I I went outfield to middle infield with Rogers. But Mazzara could be special. He also could have been figured out, and so he's got to make an adjustment. So it's going to be really interesting to see what that guy was happening. Josh Bell, yeah, I Josh Bell. Now, did Josh Bell make the team out of? Uh, yeah, out of he's their starting first baseman. Yeah. yeah. So you know, he, this is just this is a team that is built to put up a lot of points consistently. There's not a lot of streaky players here, uh, maybe with the exception of Cespedes, uh, it might be a little streaky. I believe in Jackie Bradley. If you look at the numbers underneath his scores, um, this is a guy who added power uh, to to his game and 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 went through a hor- horrible slump and uh, early in his year in his in his uh, career and had the mental toughness to make it through it. This this team is so uh, it's so well constructed, Greg. I have to just really tip my hat to you. You you've you. you've you know and you've been in the league now. For, for several years, you, you've, you've had some really tough luck. You never let it get you down, and you just continued. And I think your team reflects that. When I look at your team, that's that's what I see. Um, this team yeah. can weather a bit. I mean, there's got you'd have to have five injuries for it to really, I think, get in the way of you getting into the tournament. Well, I, you know, I think I have a, definitely have an opportunity to make the playoffs. But honestly, I think my best team was two years ago, the one that lost – seemingly every game by a point, um, but outscored everyone. I think that was my best team, and last year was my second best team. As I look at my major league roster, starters and reserves, I fully expect that in two years, two-thirds of those players will be gone. You know, I really view this as my transition year, and will I enjoy and have fun with the possibility of making the playoffs, and and I'm going to play that I have that chance? Yeah, but I fully anticipate, uh, you know, you're looking at my minors, 
you know, if I, my starting lineup right now today, I think that only three of the players in my starting lineup today will be on my lineup on opening day in 2019. Wow. So the, the rest will be either reserves or they'll be gone. They'll be trade bait, you know. And I'm building – this is my – I mean, you know, the, the Martin, Victor Martinez and Brad Miller and Napoli and even, like, Matt Carpenter – uh, you know, those are those guys, they're not going to be around for me in a year or two. So this is my if I'm on if it's June 15th and I'm not doing well, then, you know, you know, uh, Jack, you said you'd like to have Matt Carpenter. We could probably make that happen on right around the second, third week of June <laughs> if things aren't going well. So. And that, my friends, is the biggest line of bullshit I think I've heard. Like, look at this, man. Yep. I'm looking at the That's roster. And I'm saying <laughs> This this is if, if you truly feel that that's a transition team, it is. Then uh, yeah, but if if that's how you really feel about it, then then you've got nothing to lose by making smart trades, which we know you can do, and just even adding and dropping players that might yeah. raise eyebrows yeah. and taking chances and, and playing the the, the game of who's hot. I mean, honestly, I'm looking at 2019 to 2021. You know, with uh, Vladdy Jr. At third, and uh, you know Senzel at DH, and you know uh, Delvin Perez and Kevin Maitan. Mark my words, are both going to be monsters. You know th that those are my core youth, and then they'll have veterans like Springer, and uh, you know Springer and and Aledmus um, Diaz maybe. And then the one veteran I'm, I'm going to cling to, obviously, is Posey until the oh. wheels come off. So. Well, you can just keep keep being enamored with those kids and and uh, keep thinking that's the way to go. And you know, because you and I, we have we play the last game of the year, so um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a big game. I think it could be a big game, and uh, I think you're you're playing it perfectly for the uh, for the uh, public relations crowd there. I want to know why I – what did I get for David Dahl when I traded him to you, Tim? Not enough. I Obviously. I'm just looking at that going, gee, I've got Obi-Wan Herrera in there at my third outfield spot. David Dahl sounds a little better than that. I think you you definitely bemoaned the fact why you were trading him. You're like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be happy about doing this. But yeah. um, And if you can't remember who you got, then that's probably a bad sign. Oh, I never remember who I got to trade. Once they're off my team, they're dead to me. So um, my sensei, my teacher, uh, Jack, taught me that when you make a trade, that what you have to do is just forget about what you gave away and only focus on what you received. And you have to condition yourself for that. And there's only been a couple of times where that hasn't been the case. And, and the Mookie Betts trade was one of them. And that's, a, right, it, that's yeah, to me too. That, that sometimes it's just impossible. Yeah. Sometimes you have to see the guy every night on Sports <laughs> Center and, <laughs> in his first fucking year. And, uh, yeah, that's a little tough. It's a tough one, and it's but it's one that you know when you talk about how to play this game and to keep your sanity, it really is. Um, you know, uh, human beings um, uh, uh, feel the pain of loss far greater than you know the the happiness of gain and so jack taught me on a very early age or early well early in my my fantasy baseball age um and shit we were a lot younger then but to to, to condition my thinking 
to, to, to counteract that. And it was, it was a brilliant um, uh, approach. And it, it got me through my fear of trading. And uh, yeah, I made bad trades. And yeah, I, I, I had to deal with it and learn some lessons. But it's been something that for me, has helped and and um, you know a tremendous amount. So well, yeah, that's easy for you to say though, Tim. You know, when you look at your starting lineup, that it's a it's a starting lineup of everybody's most painful trade memory, probably. No, so, guys, Nolan Arenado for me, I, I still wake up at night screaming his name sometimes. So, <laughs> that, I mean, he has to be good at it. <laughs> I, absolutely, yeah. I have mixed you emotions. Know what, Tim? Dude, Tim, that Tim has the, the the most amazing trade of all time, the most amazing trade of all time, in in any fantasy sports I've been in, because <clears throat> my brother does not trade. He's very difficult. As soon as you mention, my brother's the opposite of what what Tim. As soon as you mention a trade, all he can think about is the potential in the guy that you're asking for, not even how good he was. Just the future possibility. It's all he can think about, and he can't trade because of it. This is the same guy that drafted Bryce Harper when he was fucking 16 years old and uh, didn't have a fucking driver's license, and Tim got him off my brother's team. I still don't know exactly what happened. I don't know if any weapons were involved, or but that was the most impressive trade I've seen in this game. <laughs> my, my trading philosophy, you know, having never won the championship, uh, I think about uh, Branch Rickey, you know, when he was GM of the Pirates before he was the Brooklyn Dodgers GM, he traded away our only good player in Ralph Kiner and won like three straight home run championships. He was the only guy doing anything on those 1950s era Pirates. And when the press asked, you know, Branch Rickey, why, why the hell would you trade away Ralph Kiner? He's your only good player. And Branch Rickey said, you know what? We finished last with him. We can finish last without him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, honestly, the reality is, is that uh, to, 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 to trade well, you have to benefit the other owner like i i firmly believe that it's got to be a mutually beneficial trade and and that it makes each team better and if that can be pulled off um then that's how it is and and i i earnestly try that um every single that's how i just looked it up that's how you got david Dahl. you traded me bradley zimmer and orlando arcia right which were two that still are two high prospects that that it starts with his with the prospects. He loads up on the he does his study in there. He figures it all out. He's hit on on more prospects than any of us know because most of them are spread throughout the in league for the guys that he actually wanted off of each of our That's teams. That's right. Uh, but hey, it, 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 it's a it's a process, and and he's got it down to an F in science at this point. That's how I get Will Myers. It, it's What's true, that? man. It's absolutely true. And it's, it's honestly, it's Benigno philosophy. It's Jack Benigno philosophy. When you see me play, I, I am kneeling at the altar of Jack. I mean, that Jack is, you know, back, you know, 20, what was it? 23 years ago. 
I know I, I said it was 30 or something, and Greg was like, what the fuck? Like, uh, but it was uh, 20, 23 years ago. And, and I kept having these beautiful teams with great baseball players, and I just sucked. I never won. And finally, Jack took pity on me and said, look, man, like, we're playing fantasy baseball, not real baseball. You, right. you draft great baseball teams, not great fantasy teams. And um, ever since then, I would get Jack at these weak moments where I'd just get him talking about, how'd you make that trade? Um, I, Jack, I honestly, I, I didn't think you were going to talk about um, uh, Bryce Hopper. I thought you were going to talk about Grady Sizemore. Um, <laughs> and, and that trade... Um, that that we almost we almost broke the league with that trade, and that was uh, that was Jack and me, and it, it, it's we another episode we'll get into that one because that really articulates your philosophy and my philosophy, and how we go about it. So, um, Greg, I'm going to give you the steering wheel here, and let's go through uh, Jack's team, yeah. Jack's wax packs. Ooh, yeah, um, <laughs> right. Yeah, and look at the reserves too. Look at yeah, the, I mean, you look know, at the, look at look at the injuries also. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no, I mean, I look at it and first blush, it's it's solid everywhere with some real just some of the elite players. You know, when you look at some of these um, the rankings that sports sites put out, they talk about the the elite players and. Um, you know, that's who we're looking at. When you look like Goldschmidt, he's elite. Daniel Murphy, God bless him. You know, he found another gear. I think that's that that shows you more than anyone. And it's it's one of those truisms you always hear about in sports that that some guys can do well to a certain extent in New York City, but some guys are just freed up when they leave that pressure cooker and that media um, you know, focus and and going to Washington seemed like the best thing ever for for Daniel Murphy. You know, Franco. Uh, you know, the Phillies they seem to operate so under the radar these last few years. After all all their success, you know, they're under the radar. But Macau Franco is just another really strong player. Healy is a you know backup and or a uh, prospect is strong. Uh, I thought Tim Anderson, you know, your your choice of Tim Anderson, this the draft was really strong. Uh, but then, but you look at your players, LaMatthew, any guy who who can swing a bat and plays in Coors Field is good to have on your team. Uh, your outfield, Batista, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. Uh, Turner, again, you know, Washington's team uh, looks really strong. Cabrera, you gotta love him. And, uh, and, and Justin, you know, uh, again, super solid. And you, I look at your bench, you know, Gaddis as a DH option, uh, or God forbid, you know, he gets he, he stays behind the dish and, and you can qualify him at, at, uh, at catcher. That, that's great. And then you got another Rocky uh, in the injury list, Ian Desmond. And so he's going to qualify ultimately – in the outfield and at first, I would imagine. Yeah. Because he, he's one of those examples that we talked about earlier, a player who's never played first but is starting the season as their designated starter, who I guess, based on the Conseco rule, would have immediate eligibility. You know, and, and then uh, Kipnis, I mean, just solid and deep. You know, no weaknesses, 
with some some of the elite players at some positions. You know, when you're talking about elite level first base and second base, those are to me the differentiators. You know, there's a lot of good outfielders out there. Um, you know, and you have some of them for sure, but you have two of the uh, elite positions that aren't deep in in second and first, and so that's what scares me about your team. It's this is again, this is a team that's built. You look at the players. You look at a Batista. You look at a Cabrera. You look at Goldschmidt. You look at uh, Turner. I think Upton is going to have a better season this season. I think we're going to see a much better Justin Upton. Uh, I think Franco takes a step forward. Um, not too high on Murphy, but that could just be you know a lack of understanding about who he is. Um, you know, I like Ryan Healy. You saw what Ryan Healy did last year. That's an excellent backup at third base. You've got Marcelo Zuna, who's continuing to grow, 27-year-old season. And I agree with you, Greg. Um, Evan Gaddis there, he uh, qualifies a catcher. He's going to play catcher again. There's going to be a guy that goes down, and Gaddis is going to be. He's always in the top five in catchers. I mean, that was – that was, uh, and, and whether he stays or whatever you get um, for him, um, you've got Russell Martin there too. So, you're, you know, you've got some strength there. I think Desmond is going to be phenomenal in Colorado. I just phenomenal. The skill set just matches that thin air. Um, and again, Kipnis, I agree with you that he's uh, he's just a good, consistent player. And when you have a guy go down for two or three weeks, he's the perfect person to plug in. Um, yeah, you know, Jack hinted that uh, that the the Gaddis trade may be a temporary one in, in anticipation of something else. And as I was going through, just now looking at his roster, I, that's what I thought to myself as well. Wow. He's got a lot of assets there at catcher. Yep. That you know that that's gonna you know that's a position of strength that he can deal to you know maybe pick up another outfielder or pick up uh, you know to cover for an injury or, or or you know what for a draft pick next year for some young prospect. Yep. You you always hear Joe talk about you know cornering the market on a on a position and and catcher yeah. continues to be you know you've got you've got your Buster Posey and then you've got the rest. And it's that's always been a strength of Jack's too. Always, always, and it's a it's a hard one to discount, right? You you've got to really understand that position and the team and where that catcher is in that team, and um, I you know that's going to be interesting. We'll maybe we'll be talking about it next week as to, as to what Jack does with Gaddis, the Gaddis yeah, Chronicles. I, I didn't say I didn't say Gaddis was necessarily going anywhere. Right, but I'm seeing. Oh Petra. yeah, okay. Good point. Yeah. Now, see, see if you guys, uh, the irony of that last little um, segment is, two weeks ago I had Wellington Castillo, and Tom Murphy was my backup, and um, which again, part time in Colorado at catcher should be good enough to <laughs> to start in our league. Um, I like Murphy a lot, you know, long term. But um, uh, so I just picked up Martin recently, and now just picked up Gattis. So I went from having. Uh, what I thought was a, a huge weakness at catcher um, to uh, to now what what seems like pretty good depth. Um, the other uh, irony is I, I I had Franco and literally no backup third baseman. I had no other third baseman on my team, and I ran around freaking out, uh, pissing all over myself to the point where I was talking to my brother about uh, 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 David Wright and David <laughs> and. and uh, and then I realized that that I, I and and it's weird because Ryan Healy has a special place. You guys, um, 
uh, like I said, we play in, uh, I play in, in another league with some of the same people in our league, um, a few of us, and then, and then some other people. Ryan Healy um, has now made the record books. As far as I'm, I can remember, because uh, it's a smaller, it's an eight-team league, and they're just less smart. And um, Ryan Healy has been in that league and wasn't in this one on a team. And that's the first time I can remember <laughs> going into a season where somebody over there knew more than somebody over here. Um, so those are my two big weaknesses going in. Um, and then obviously, you know, Justin Upton comes out the gate like he did last year and I'm in trouble right away. I'll have to move him up. My original lineup had Turner at middle infield where LeMahieu was. Uh, and then Desmond would be in that spot at uh, at outfield, and I was very excited about that uh, that lineup. So we'll Jack, see. I, I think you made a really smart pick during the draft, though, in Keon Broxton. Uh, that, that kid's got bat speed, and he's fast as hell. Uh, and he's and, and you know what? I love you know that's the beauty of having a player on a rebuilding team. You know they're going to let him play. And right. his rate stats may not be great. He might hit 240, but he, you know, he could hit 31 home runs and steal 60 bases. You know. Yep. Yep. A little bit of everything. The funny thing that nobody's even mentioned, and honestly, me personally, um, and Mike, and generally, um, back in the day, and like I said, now that we got you guys in here, it, it's become a whole different situation because, you know, back in the day, me, Tim, and Mike won a lot of championships and um so it's kind of like a um a joke that if one of us or the other one um gives their their approval on one of our players then automatically they just have more clout to us um for instance barretto me and and uh me and mike were talking about barretto he's like man that guy's gonna be good I, you know i'm not sure or, you know he, maybe maybe not blah 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 i was like dude tim offered me a trade for him the other day he's like oh shit really so immediately, <laughs> immediately, that guy had more value uh, because Tim offered himself. The reason I bring that up is Mike actually is very high on this guy as well. Uh, Michael Brantley could change my whole season. That guy could come uh -huh. back and, and, if he can stay healthy, uh, can pick up where he was, uh, you know, where he left off on his way before the injury, um, and and he could easily, um, I, I I could easily see my entire starting outfield being different. Uh, within a short while. Batista because of injury, Upton because he doesn't like cold, obviously, uh, and Trey Turner would move to the middle infield at that point, and I could see myself starting a, a Brantley, Broxton, Desmond possibility. So uh, who knows? You, it's, uh, you really never know. Um, I will say that um, my staff rankings changed more this year over the last couple uh, weeks than they ever have before. Um, at one point, I was positive uh, that Boston should go first um, and Chicago could go, should go second. And uh, for the longest time, um, I believed uh, Cleveland should be third. And, um, and then from there, I had you know Washington and, and the Mets. I like San Francisco a lot, so on and so forth. And then I sat down and did um, some statistical analysis that I'm, I'm not going to share with you, but Tim probably knows it. And um, 
And in that particular statistical analysis, uh, Washington came up number one, the Dodgers came up number two, and that was good enough for me to move the Dodgers uh, a few hours before the draft from eight, uh, which is where I picked and I was happy with, or I'm sorry, um, eight was which where I was picked and I was, and, and I was uh, uh, freaking for them, moved them up to fourth. So I had them fourth. The Dodgers ranked fourth going into the draft. And um, so obviously I was pretty happy to, to, to get them to slide down to me down there. Not that anybody above that uh, doesn't have a good chance of being better than them, but in my mind, um, I was extremely happy with that pick. Uh, I agree. I just can't draft American League pitching staffs. You know, <laughs> they face 11% of the lineup they face is a, is a professional hitter. Right. Versus, uh, you know, Tyler Glasnow. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, nationally, you get to, you get to pitch the pitchers. Yeah. So, uh, Joe, your World Series prediction: which two teams are in the World Series? We we never did Chris's team, did we? Ah, uh, shit. We did not because we would have talked about. Uh, Kyle Schwarber and some others. Fuck. Um, well, it is uh, 1030 East Coast, and uh, I'm going to have to go. I think, I think we missed it. Well, my, my prediction would be just glancing at it the way you guys did and went listening to all the things you're saying. I, I still see Jack and you as the top two teams. Yeah, so I I think it's Greg and Jack. That's my that's my pick. Well, that it's it, it, it could go. I think it's going to come out of that division. That's for sure. And that, I think it's Joe and Tim. Nice. The interesting part about the way we have the division set up now, like I said, is it it only one of us isn't making the playoffs. Me, Greg, and mm-hmm. Tim. Like one of us is definitely not going to have a chance so um which i like i kind of like it it's interesting uh, yeah. you know, two years in but so far so good um it did change my it changed my philosophy last year for sure um i was ready to to start rebuilding last year and maybe i should have uh and then i realized what division i was in and i was like oh well shit i'm i'm in the playoffs <laughs> like I, I, <laughs> no offense to the other teams that were in my division but um, I, I was pretty sure I was going to make a playoff run uh, by you know before the season started. So now all of a sudden I started you know building up as opposed to dropping down. And as Tim said, I'm just not a very patient guy. That's why what you did, Greg, and um, uh, just so impressive to me to, to to be that patient to be able to grab a guy and 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 hang on to him that long and and then see him you know blossom and, and develop. And um, I like to do it. It's fun. Um, I usually usually happens for me either really fast. I just happen to get the I drafted t- Trey Turner last year, um, and, and again maybe he's not maybe you know he, maybe he comes back to to light, you know to the to, to, to the ground and, and he's not as good as it seems. But um, it either happens very quick for me or uh, just on accident. I just forget that I have a guy and all of a sudden he's a stud to major league. So uh, I just I, I have a hard time. Uh, I just traded Barreto for Gaddis, for Christ's sake. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I like God the build. I like waiting. So my place in this division has is definitely informing my thoughts on my uh, my strategy for the year, and you know the thought of um, you know uh, building for 2019 and. and acknowledging that I'm in the champions division for the first time, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to make some early definitive decisions to either push my chips into the table all in this, this June or, or say, you know what, I'm going to make some strategic moves for the future. Well, I, maybe we'll do a, a side one where we can get through Chris's team because Chris's team definitely deserves to, to be gone through. It's a, it's an interesting team. I think he's got some good players on there that uh, have underperformed for him in the past. Um, yeah. But we've already got uh, two hours of recording yeah. uh, <laughs> that I'm going to need to sift through. And, Tim, just like we talked pick. about in our initial meeting, maybe these team previews, you know, maybe we don't do them all in week one of the episode. Maybe right. it's yeah. Yeah. split it up over two weeks. Yeah, like a narrative structure, introduce them. You know, when, when do it by goes, division. Yeah. Oh, 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 that's a good one. So by they division. Yeah, and honestly, this was more, uh, my thought process was just more of a test to see um, kind of the back and forth and, and so on and so forth. And again, I... I yeah, um, listen, you and, you and Greg consistently put out good thoughts, so we're not, we're not wasting that. <laughs> it's going to be good. This is fun, guys. Yeah, and it'll evolve, right? So we have to let this play out. We have to understand how this works. With the four of us, we have to understand as we listen to it, say, oh, that worked really well, or God, this didn't work that well, or I'm bored here, but man, this is freaking great. And and it will, you know, it'll tighten up. This is our real first jam, uh, to use the analogy I brought up before. Um, yeah. and, and I think there were some really good moments in it. And um, it has I promise some... I'll try and contribute more. I, I'm learning it's I'm, good I'm, stuff. Hey, I'm, man, I'm I can't wait to hear what you do with this. Joe, sometimes the bass player is invisible, but the band doesn't exist without the bass player. You know what I mean? So you hit the notes at the right moment. It's all that matters. No no pressure. Enjoy we'll yourself. You yeah. And and bass players always get the chicks, man. Um, so, I'm enjoying learning about what you guys think about with this stuff. Well, we'll start pressing you too, motherfucker, because we know that you know stuff. And uh, I call Greg on his bullshit, but you you spew out a lot of bullshit too. Um, oh, and I, I think Jack I think Jack nailed it. He's like, oh, he'll always tell you that you know he doesn't know what he's doing. I don't really. Jack nailed it. So we, we will definitely be exploring your methods as well, sir. <laughs> going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a challenge. Um, <coughs> listen, I love you guys. I appreciate, uh, you getting together on this. Um, I, over the next couple of days, I'll try to put something together with a little more polish, get it out to you. And the, the key to this is the hardcore feedback that, you know, not worrying about, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or whatever. Just look, I think we should do this. And I think we should do that. And let's start to really get in there and, uh, kind of, um, you know, hammer this metal into place in a way that we're, we're proud of and we're happy and we're having fun doing it. And uh, I think one of the things I'll do is to kind of set up a kind of a set list or a, uh, uh, you know, maybe a, you know, kind of a segments as to what we'll talk about and get it out earlier yeah. so that we can, you know, we can do it. I didn't do any preparation this time, obviously. And that was. Yeah, that, yeah, that would be. Yeah. If we're if we're going to do a, a, a Wednesday thing and you have kind of a concept as to, you know, what segment one, two and three may, yep. you know, in 
add to us, you know, by Sunday, Monday, whatever would be um, helpful. I'd be, I'd like to, I, I'd be, I think I'll be impressed with uh, with what Joe and, and Greg will come up with in a couple of days of preparation. It'll be fun. Me too, guys. All right. Gents, have a good evening. You too. All right. Thanks, guys. A couple days for opening day. I can't wait. Woohoo. Yep. Won't be long now. Good luck, fellas. Thanks, guys. See ya. All right.